So welcome to this episode. Um, I'm going to be talking about mental conditioning or mental addictions. And uh, in the last episode, I did talk about cultural conditioning. And as I think more about this topic, and I think this is one of those topics that we can continue to discuss and still quite never be done. And this can be said pretty much about any of our other psychological patterns because everything is intricate and interwoven and tangled with you know different structures and different way of being and feeling and how it shows up in our lives so conditioning is an interesting word because um you know the truth is we are conditioned to be who we are today, the reality of our life in so many different aspects of our life. As I was um, getting ready to record this, I was um, trying to find a matching necklace to my earrings, and I have one, I couldn't find it. What came into my hand was this green uh, heart-shaped emerald diamond whatever this thing is, a beautiful necklace that my sister had given me. And, and I thought, well, I'm going to wear it. Because here's the conditioning was something my necklace should match my earrings, and it should match somewhere something to something in the clothes that I'm wearing. So but I ended up wearing the green one. Anyways, if you're watching me, if you're hearing me, you won't know what I'm wearing. Um, but this is just really, this is about condition. So every belief we have, um, so let me backtrack. Everything we do is a function of our beliefs. Most of the beliefs we don't even know we have un unless we are confronted uh, with something about those beliefs, just like just a very simple example of me trying to match my jewelry, because somewhere in my mind, I picked up the belief that jewelry needs to match, or the jewelry needs to match somewhere in the clothing, I'm wearing white, orange, brown and green. <laughs> so a rainbow of colors. And I wore it anyways, because how appropriate for this episode. And when we are being conditioned, we don't necessarily notice that. <clears throat> Again, conditioning is only a problem when it forms the beliefs that begin to cause us pain and suffering. While we are being conditioned, we are not aware of it. As children, we are subjected to conditioning. I talked about cultural conditioning in the last episode in a broader sense of the term. Really, it's societal conditioning because there's so many similarities that all of the cultures um, share when it comes to that. So while we are being conditioned, it serves its purpose. It, it gives us some a guidance, 
Okay, we do need some guidance. It gives us some guidance on how to be, how to do, uh, how not to be. And unknown to us and unknown to our caretakers that one day, uh, these conditioning, the, the way we are being conditioned is going to form beliefs that one day may not serve us. What happens that we continue to live uh, in our adult lives based on beliefs that we picked up, that we were taught when we were children, and everything has a purpose. Every belief, everything in our life has a purpose. It's just up to us to realize when the purpose has been served and is no longer useful. So how do how are we confronted with our beliefs or conditioning? The only time we get confronted is when we are less than happy is when we are hurting, when we are in pain, when we are suffering, when there's discord in our life, when something is in our life isn't working. And when we are confronted with our own actions, own behavior patterns that we continue to repeat over and over again. So that's the time to... Um, question and this is the time where we work backwards so we look at what we're doing so first of all scratch that we look we take we pay attention to where or what in our life which area of our life currently is not working and then we look at why is it not working what is bringing the most pain and suffering? It's not working, perhaps, because we are. Um, it, there could be many reasons, but I'm just going to only talk about the reasons that are associated with our conditioning and our belief patterns. So it could be, well, I keep doing the same thing. I keep living in the past or I keep repeating the same thought pattern and I'm expecting a different result. Or even when I know better, I can't help but continue to repeat. Even when I can see the thoughts in my mind, they are so detrimental and so negative, the tape in my mind continues to run, continues to run, and leaving me overwhelmed, and I don't know how to stop. So that's when we look at that's when we begin to work backwards into the beliefs or the conditioning that we picked up. By the way, so beliefs and conditioning, I'm using these terms kind of synonymously. They're similar. A conditioning is really believing something and um, believing in something, not believing in something, believing something, uh, some way of being that we take it to be a fact that we get so um and grow not that we get so conditioned we get so associated or so invested in it subconsciously that we don't even think there is another way of being or another way of thinking so we we get stuck inside this boxed way of thinking inside the walls of the conditioning and we don't even know that there is anything beyond the walls we don't look there because we don't know to look there 
So when we continue to uh, suffer and we continue to repeat the same old habit patterns and, you know, why we suffer is because we are creating our own reality. And again, if we don't believe that, that's another kind of conditioning that, no, someone else is responsible for my happiness. So you see how tangled um, this topic can be. So I'm going to do my best to kind of give you some insights and give you some examples. So if the conditioning is, um, I don't, um, the, the belief is, I don't get along with people for example, because that is the belief, that is the, the deeper experience. So remember, experience is energy. Energy has vibration. It's measured in frequency. So when we talk about the universe mirrors, what we feel deeply is really mirroring that frequency. It's duplicating, sort of speak, for us. That's my understanding. So when the belief is, I don't get along with anybody, um, that, that gets mirrored. So we continue to invite that situation into our lives where we have conflict with everyone we come in contact with. So then the experience that I don't get along with anybody continues to get repeated. So now we work, so, that, that's a, so that's the behavior pattern, that's the experience, but how did that come to be? That belief that I don't get along with anybody is, let's go, you know, it's, it, there's, a, there's a subconscious belief. So when we, you know, when I talk to clients and where's this belief coming from, you know, it's inevitably without fail, it's coming from, you know, our caretakers when we were young, our parents when we were young, even a very um, a casual comment that was made, that's made repeatedly, a casual comment that becomes like an habitual comment that's uh, made repeatedly, we take that in, we take that into a be a fact. So the, 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 you know, the words that... Uh, we may hear is, you, you know, you're just tough to get along with. You fight with everybody. You don't get along with anybody. Although many times these comments are said innocently, um, but it, they leave a lifelong impact on the child, on us when we were children, when, as, our, as when we were children. So, and we don't even realize that we we turned that comment into a belief. And we don't even realize when we thought of that belief as a fact. And we try our dar darnest to be nice, to get along with people. But time after time after time, we continue to be in a situation or in circumstances where uh, there's conflict, where the result is we don't get along with people. So we work our way back to that belief and realize, number one, that it is a belief. A belief is not a fact. We mistook it as a fact. And then in healing, it's always um, 
important and effective to look at the bigger pictures. So when our parents make comments like this, is there's a need to understand that it wasn't, um, it wasn't, you know, the intention was not to damage you for the rest of your life. It was made without awareness, without consciousness, and it was made without thinking through. So, you know, the truth is more and more that I do this work, I realize that we are, we're learning how to be human. What we learning, what we are learning today and how we raise our children is quite different from how our parents raised us. We have more awareness, we have more tools, uh, we have access to the ancient wisdom, we are more open to seeking help, we are more open to evolving and growing and believing that there's another way to be. We are, you know, we are daring to be happy. And when our parents were um, our age or younger, these things, that was not in the culture. It wasn't in the culture to go talk to somebody. It wasn't in their culture. Um, you know, they didn't learn the emotional, the psychological impact of the words, of the behavior. So, and so when we begin to realize that a belief is not a fact, it's a belief that was passed on from our parents and for many women it's the mother the mother from the grandmother there's a lineage of belief that gets carried forward when we recognize that we no longer have to inherit that belief that's the point where we can begin to sever ties with the belief not the person but with the belief and understanding that belief is not a fact the desire is to, or maybe to really be pleasant and be, um, you know, be noted as a kind being, be known as someone who gets along with people and experience the benefits of getting along with people, the harmony, the peace, the friendships, the, the you know, the bonding, etc. So... It is up to us when we realize that there's a discord in our life, that that is created by our own doing, and our, uh, our own doing is affected by our belief system, by the conditioning. And when we realize that we can let go of that belief system, it served its purpose is no longer useful. So it's important from time to time that we revise or review or update our belief system because it, they're not meant to carry us forever. Because there's a, you know, we are evolving, we are always growing and it's a process. So whatever we believe today, it may be necessary for our growth. Once the growth has happened, maybe there's something more deep in, in the reservoir, in the field of you know, consciousness that you further need to, that, that you will be uh, in contact with that belief that will continue to foster your growth and evolution. 
So it's really our beliefs that bring us most pain. Okay. And the, the belief that I am not good enough, or there's a, you know, there's a belief in some um, religious, in some religions that, you know, we have sinned. So you are here to atone uh, for the sins that you have committed. So which means that you must go through the dark night of the soul. You must be in pain. You must suffer. This is how you pay for all the wrong that you have done. So, you know, it's, Again, why would you want to believe that? When your soul is beckoning for you to be free. When we free ourselves from a belief system that's no longer ours, what you're gaining is freedom, freedom to be you. And when there's freedom to be ourselves, that's where there's creativity. There's joy comes out of creativity. We can't create if we feel prisoners of our own minds. We cannot create if we have, you know, we are shackled to these belief systems that were 30 years old or 50 years old, or God knows how many, how, you know, how old these belief systems are. So, um, and what happens, you know, when you saw us talking about pain and suffering, Many times it's not as easy just because, you know, I can talk about let go of the belief. It is not that easy. And I'll explain why. The reason why it's not easy, we get accustomed to a certain way of being. We get conditioned to our own circumstances. We get conditioned to our own suffering. We get conditioned to that familiar way of being. It's status quo. It's uh, familiar. It's what we know. And familiarity is very seductive. It brings comfort. So when we actually believe that, oh, I no longer have to do this, I can, I actually can be happy, the mind retaliates. It's like, no, but really, who are you to be happy? You're not good enough. Don't you have to achieve X, Y, and Z? Don't you have to be like this or this or that? Don't you have to have these circumstances in your life? Don't you have to have these kind of relationships in your life? Don't you have a, have to have certain success in your life in order for you to deserve the happiness that you keep wanting? So, and, and, you know, we buy into that ego, say, you know, you are true, you, you are correct. And we buy into that recording, we buy into that um, persuasion, and we just very quickly fall back into the ditch. It's familiar, but it's painful, but we are comfortable in it, because we know how to do that. And, you know, there is a fear with, you know, in working with clients, I've heard it more than once that what if I'm actually just happy? What then? What if I'm actually, what if I'm just happy even when I have not achieved all that I wanted to achieve, even when I don't have the relationship that I've been longing for so long? What if I just feel happy? Now what? Now nothing. So to be happy is to be you, the the way that we were created. To be happy is to become more creative. To be happy is to 
um, serve the world, serve those around us in a way that our soul is craving to do. And we, I, we have to, the more, the happier we become, tune into how you feel, tune into what, what it brings to your day and tune into what it brings to your relationships, tune into what it does to your, on your health, tune into what it brings to your work achievements. Um, and you will notice that this is actually being happy is actually a good thing. It's not something that's out there that we can be happy. There's no fear in it because it doesn't mean life stops happening just because we're happy. If we're happy, then what will we struggle for? And you know, the truth is there's another belief system that in order for us to achieve something in life, there's got to be struggle. We don't need to struggle to achieve something. Actually, when we don't struggle, we achieve far more than we could have ever imagined. In the fear, when we, when we are believing in our smallness, when we are believing that um, we have to suffer, we have to struggle, we don't deserve, that I'm not good enough, I'm not thin enough, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not... Um, whatever, fill in your blank, not enough. Until I get all of that, I have no right to be happy. I shouldn't be happy. So, and the truth is happiness is not a function of anything about you that is external. Happiness is a state of being. Happiness, equating it to love, many times we confuse happiness or love as emotions when they really are a state of consciousness. So it actually works the other way. When we are happy, we are closer and closer to who we were created to be. Then there's no struggle in getting the success we want. Then there's no struggle in attracting that relationship we want. Then there's no struggle in achieving anything we want we just begin to flow we become natural because naturally our soul gravitates towards love joy to be of service to expand um to give to bring peace and harmony we just naturally gravitate towards that it's not a struggle so the moral of the story, uh, there is no, there is no punchline because um, we can talk about this forever and ever and ever. But, and that's where, you know, I wanted to mention mental addiction. It's, it's, you know, when the mind is continuously or the ego is continuously playing the old tape, of pain and suffering, of everything that brings you pain and suffering, um, there's an identification with it. It's the same thing, like, what if I'm actually happy? Um, you know, who am I when I'm not complaining or upset about something? Who am I without my pain? Who do I become when I have nothing, when I have no struggle left? So there's an identification to the ego part of ourselves. There's a strong identification with 
as long as I'm struggling, I must be alive. As long as I have problems, I exist. And that's where I think this whole idea of, you know, the the romanticization of busyness came spread in our society like fire. It, we were just fashionably very busy. Oh, I don't have time to eat. Oh, I, I don't have time to do this. I barely have time to catch my breath. I don't have time to cook. It's like if you don't have time for life, then how can life provide that time to you? So it's, it's, that's the mental addiction. That's the addiction or the conditioning we have to our own pain and suffering. And it's just beginning to recognize that. So if there is an area of discord in your life, if there's something in life that's not working, take a look what it is, write it down and notice what it is. What is it that you are feeling that's bringing you unhappiness, that bring, that's bringing you discomfort, that's bringing you like you're not yourself. Write that for a few days, take an inventory for a week, and then notice in which area of the life. And the chances are it's never one area of our life that is affected because how we do one thing is how we do everything. We are the same in every aspect of our life. We don't change. The common denominator is us. It's not the thing that we're doing. So, and take a notice, you know, across many aspects of your life as to how it is that you are feeling. And chances are the same patterns are repeating in every area of the life. Then take a note of how am I, what am I doing to create this? Because for a moment, even if you don't believe that you're creating your own reality, play with this for a week and believe that you are creating your own reality and experiment with it. Notice what it is that you are doing. What are the thoughts that are happening when you're doing it? How are you feeling? What are you thinking? How, is your, how are your feelings are driving your thought pattern? How, is the, how are the thought patterns driving your behavior? So if you can take a look at that, then take a look at, um, then, un, you know, go travel back. Um, where did the feelings come about? Why is it that you feel, um, I'm always going to be fat, for example, right? So there's somewhere, somewhere along the line, we heard that, you know what, it runs in the genes. Uh, it's in the family, the way you eat, the way you are created you're always going to be fat no matter what you do. So what happens when there's that belief system, we eat in a way that will keep the fat on. We live in a way that will keep the fat on. So go back to that, go back to that time which helped you form that belief. Do you believe that you are always going to be fat? It's just an example. So say yes or no. And you will notice that it's a belief. Then untangle back to where um, that belief was formed. Who told you so? Where did you pick that up? And bring awareness to that. Shed light on that. And once you can catch that back, that, oh, my God, I took that belief to mean a fact. Now you don't have to. Somebody else's belief 
or opinion of you is not a fact. The fact is, <laughs> we can be anything, anyone we desire to be. And many times we continue to repeat the same old patterns, and even sometimes to satisfy um, our caretakers, our parents, as if we're still needing their approval, as if we're still trying to kind of make sure that they're not angry or mad at us. So that's the time to cut the cord with the belief and understand that you don't have to carry it forward from generation to generation, that there is another way of thinking and being and feeling. And ultimately, the only one that we want to be in alignment with is our higher self. It's not possible to be in alignment with people because people change, because we change. So, and it's a, it's a task that you will never be able to finish because you satisfy or align with one person, here comes another person that you're not aligned with. So it kind of, it distorts what we are here to do. It's a much easier route and much more fulfilling, much more empowering, and much more joyful when we can align with our higher self. That's the only one, only thing that we have to answer to. We have to be able to look at ourselves in the mirror and smile. <laughs> and um, like ourselves, love ourselves, honor ourselves. So align with your higher self. That's your only job. And what that does, it gives others to do the same, to align with their higher selves. So much of our time is wasted on nitpicking, on holding grudges, on just the people, relationship. We waste so much of our precious time trying to, you know, trying to, um, untangle these relationships or to trying to find peace when it really is when we find peace within ourselves and that peace we get by aligning with ourselves, everything in life becomes better. So instead of having to respond to hundreds of people around you, many, 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 many relationships around you, um, be accountable to you. Be in love with you. Be aligned with who you are. That's when you will show up as a whole being, whole self, with integrity, with honor, with beliefs that uh, are going to serve you to become a truer version of you. So, uh, as a final note, um, so if there's some discord in life, there's a you know pain point, then just take a look at how it is really your belief that is creating that pain. And know that belief is just a belief. It just needs to be replaced with another belief, which is going to bring you much joy, much happiness, 
and uh, everything that you've been wanting to experience. So thank you so much for listening. Um, don't forget to like or subscribe uh, to the podcast. For more information on my work, ayurvedichealingcenter.com. You'll find uh, more write-ups and information and blogs on that. And I will see you at the next episode. Take care. This is Meena Puri from Ayurvedic Healing Center.